episode of the podcast. Today, I'm so excited to bring you my friend, Shamandrian Shankle. Shamandrian is somebody that I have cheered on and followed since before she was a certified OBM. Her journey is so inspiring, and I know that you're going to find this episode as helpful as I did. Today, Shamandrian is talking to us all about boundaries, how to set boundaries, what happens when our boundaries are crossed, How do we go back when we have let somebody walk all over us and reel it back in? Or should we reel it back in? At what point do we call it quits? And how do we do that and exit with grace and dignity? And what can we take away and learn from those situations? Now, if you haven't had the pleasure of connecting with Shamandrian, she is the owner of Handle It Solutions and Services. She's a certified OBM, consultant, and speaker. She's the founder of the Handle It Business Lounge for Christian Women Entrepreneurs, and she seeks to empower women all around the world to handle business and life in harmony. Now, you can find Shamandrian at her website, handleitsolns.com. And Shamandrian does free mini strategy sessions to anyone who's interested in gaining the confidence and support while they learn to delegate, scale, and build their legacy business. This episode was a special one to me, and I know you guys are going to love it as much as I did. Shamandrian, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Hi, I'm excited to be here, Julie. Thank you for having me today. Oh, I can't wait. We, for people who haven't had a chance to meet you yet, can you tell us about your journey into the online space and what you're doing in your business now? Absolutely. So um, I started in the online space. It's very funny. I was eight months pregnant and knew that I had to sit down from doing some speaking that I was doing. I was working with the Charlotte Hornets literacy program. So I'm like traveling all over North Carolina, speaking into all of these schools, jumping around, acting crazy and figure out that I'm pregnant and could not do that anymore and kind of had to out, okay, how do I use my gifts and my talents to be able to work from home with my little ones? I have a 10-year-old. He's 10 now, but he was eight then or seven then. And then now my daughter is two, but I needed to be able to stay home. And so I got started as a virtual assistant, figured out that I wanted to level up in how I serve my clients. So I shifted into becoming a online business manager and then decided to get certified after a a year of doing it and then decided that I wanted to offer consulting versus just be behind the scenes. So I've done a lot of transitioning, but I think that it all led to me being able to understand how I wanted to serve. And so now I get to work directly with women and women entrepreneurs that want their time back, that feel that, hey, I built a business that sucks my time and I want to enjoy the fruits of my labor as well as the financial, you know, increase. And so we put in the systems, the processes, the teams, teach them how to delegate. I, you know, walk them through the process and learning how to implement teams and things like that so that they can build a legacy business. And so that's where I am now. (laughs) 
I think it's such a beautiful story. And I like to ask people when they share something similar, because your story is very similar to mine and how, you know, you grow and you pivot. And I think the key in that is you took action every step of the way. And that's what gave you the clarity. Do you have any advice or words of wisdom now that you're past some of those transitions and pivots in your business that you would tell people who, you know, you might get to a point with your virtual assistant business or your OBM business where you think I've got the recurring income, I've hit my goals, but now I'm feeling called to do something else and feeling like that serves a more full part of who I am. And people are scared sometimes to, to make those changes. So what would you tell them about your journey? that it's okay to do and have what you want, right? Because I think about where I was as a VA. I started as a VA. I got, you know, pretty much fully booked within a matter of a month. But then because I was eight months pregnant and didn't have any support or any systems or any clue on how to be able to get some time to myself, I'm literally working on the hospital bed having my daughter. And after I had my daughter... And it was because I didn't have, you know, the boundaries. I didn't have the plan. I didn't know what I wanted. I just knew I needed money, but it was okay for me to need to change and to shift. And so if you're feeling like, hey, the way that I'm serving is not working for me, or I've invested this much in my business and this is not what I want to be doing, or, you know, I am given too much of my time and I don't have you know, the ability to be able to be present with my little ones and my children or my family or whatever that looks like, like you have to be okay with doing what you need for yourself and what you want your business to look like is totally up to you and no one else. That's powerful. It's perfect transition into talking about what we're here for today, right? All about (laughs) boundaries. So I'm, there's so many questions I have for you about boundaries, but let's start with how do you figure out what your boundaries even are? Where do you start? So I think that, you know, for everything, for me, everything kind of starts with vision, right? We have to have a clear understanding of what we really want. And I think for us as women, that is so hard to do because we always take on the hats of whatever is needed at the time, whether it's a mom, whether it's a wife, whether it's the business, whether it's the job, whatever it's needed, like we're taking on all these hats, right? And with that, with us not having a vision for what we want and what we need, it's hard for us to set boundaries. But sometimes it's a matter of understanding that, hey, I just want some time to sit in my bathroom by myself and do my nails. Like that's my thing to just decompress and get away, right? What boundary do I need to set so that I have the freedom to do that? Or I'm now, you know, after COVID, we decided to homeschool my son. So he's home 24 seven. I need to be able to be present and help him and navigate through that. What shifts do I need to put in my business or what times do I need to block off in my calendar that I am not available so that I can be present to do that? I think it all starts from you identifying and understanding what is it that you want and do not want in your business when it comes to you and when it comes to your clients? Like boundaries are not just about your clients, but you have to have the boundary yourself too, so that you are making sure that you're available to do and serve the way that you want to show up. Absolutely. So when you're thinking about 
your vision, you're not only planning for how you show up in business for your clients, but you're planning in how you want to show up in your life and how you want to show up and pour into your own business so that it's not like a neglected entity or a neglected piece of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that they all kind of operate together because we have to learn that our businesses have to, or our businesses should operate around our lives, not our lives operating around our business. And in those different spaces of me pivoting, it wasn't always because, hey, you know, I want to just, I want to make more money or I want to do something different. It was because I had very clear moments where I looked at my life and said, hey, this is not what I want this to look like. Like when my son was, I think he was eight or nine, he came to me and he's like, mommy, your business takes you away from your family. Mm. And, you know, to hear that from a little one and, you know, they say out of the, out of the mouth of babes, you know, the truth comes, he's looking at me and he's like, he's hurting. He's like, I need you. And you're not available is what basically what he was trying to say. And I was in a space where I couldn't be available because it was like always, well, let me just finish this or mommy needs to focus right now, or mommy needs to work on this, or we'll do that later. And we know that sometimes later just never comes. And so me shifting it, the boundaries had to start with my family first so that I can be present in my business and then setting boundaries in my business so that I can be present in my family. Mm -hmm. So are there certain boundaries that you recommend that everybody start thinking about or start with when they, let's say somebody's coming in and they either are new to business or they just really need to think about this area of their life and start setting some boundaries. What are, where do you recommend people start? Absolutely. I think that the most important boundary and the one that we probably neglect is having business hours. And it's not just because we're working from home and it's like, okay, well, I work during these hours or, you know, I just work when I'm available, but business hours are important for so many reasons. One, it allows you to establish some type of authority when it comes to you and your clients, especially when you're working in a role where you're supporting them versus you being a coach or, you know, someone that has that authority. If you're a service provider, you're supporting them. And it's very easy for you to feel like you're not appreciated or for them to overstep lines because you have never set them and crossed them. And so even when you're a service provider, you still have to have boundaries in place that say, hey, these are the times where you can contact me. These are the times that I respond. And these are the ways that I like to communicate and like to respond even if you are supporting them as a virtual assistant or whatever role, you know? And then when it comes to the other side of it, business hours are important because if I can say, okay, I'm going to work from 10 to four and that's it. Even if I do choose to work, you know, pick up something later in the evening and get back to it, I've set times out that I know I can dedicate and be focused in my business and get things done, which allows me to be more productive And then also I can make time to do other things, to relax, to enjoy, to stop, to decompress because we burn out. So there's so many of us that burn out and overwhelm is real, you know, and most like I would say if you if you spoke to 10 service providers, probably more than half of them would be burned out 
and feeling like what they were once passionate about, they're not passionate about anymore. And it's because they don't have that time to decompress and just step away from it. I'm not going to say balance because we know that's not real. You know, it's always um, a matter of what's in priority at the time, but you have to have the time to step away and regroup and get back to it later. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people coming into the pandemic and these last couple of years who had never worked from home had an even harder time because there's just something about having your laptop laying around or, you know, you walk by your office or your computer and you, your mind thinks, oh, I have all these things that I need to do. I could get a jump start or I forgot to respond to this and to really have a way to hold your own self accountable to say, no, this, I deserve to shut my brain down. It's actually going to be more productive tomorrow or that for the next you know week or whatever period of time, if I can actually take this space and enjoy the present moment. Mm-hmm. And, and that self-care, like we, when we think about self-care, we say, oh, it's, you know, getting a massage or it's going and going to spas or, you know, all this stuff, having boundaries is self-care. Having a time to just rest and say, I'm not going to think about business. Like I remember times where it was like, I just, my brain never shuts off. I remember saying that, like my brain never shuts off. I'm always thinking, I'm always working. It's always going and just wanting it to stop. And I had to actually stop working in order for that to happen. And it's like with social media and everything, it's always in our face, you know, you decompress and it's like, okay, well, I'll scroll for a minute. But then you see a webinar or a workshop and it gets your brain thinking about business again. And before you know it, you're like, oh, well, let me just send this email or, you know, and then it just starts again. But it's discipline, it's work, but it's self-care, it's needed. And it allows you to have that peace so that you can be better. That's what you said. You said that, you know, it allows you to be better in your business. We show up so much better when we're well-rested when we feel appreciated, when we feel that we're contributing well, that stuff comes from the boundaries. I love it. I am wondering if you use technology and automations to support you in setting these boundaries, because I know for me, there's tools now that we have, like I turn off my notifications on my phone at a certain time. So they just stop coming through. It stops dinging. It stops making noise. In emails, you know, you could schedule send. So even if I choose to work maybe outside of my business hours, I could schedule those to send during my business hours. So from the front facing side of the business, my clients aren't saying, well, she's she's working at eight o'clock at night. So I'll just, you know, expect a response the next time it's this time of night. So do you also use that kind of technology to support your boundaries? So Honestly, I do not, I have not used turning off my notifications. So great tip because I should probably do that. But I love that you said that, you know, if you're responding and working after hours, still set it to be during the time of your hours. Because if you don't, like you said, they'll say she's working. They take an inch. I mean, you give an inch and they'll take a mile. And so it's like, okay, well, she's responding right now. So I'm going to start sending them right now. And I'm expecting her to respond. And so we can't do that. But for me, blocking my scheduler. So how people schedule appointments, I had to get more detailed on when I want to speak to clients, when I want to speak as far as sales calls, 
when I want to only, you know, do connection calls, things like that, blocking those out so that they don't bleed into each other, you know, and And then also just making sure that I'm setting boundary or on when I'm available to talk to people. Just because I work from 10 to 4 does not mean I speak to clients from 10 to 4. So that was a tool. You know, my scheduler is what I use as a tool to help me stay to my boundaries. And then, of course, like your calendar, you know, putting those blocks in to remind you this is what you should be doing during this time. This is what you should be doing later, you know, even setting days. Maybe you have a day that's just for content and you're focusing on that. You have a day where you're talking to clients, you know, however you want your business to look. But yeah, tools, the scheduler and the calendars have been the best tools that have helped me to set those boundaries. Absolutely. And I think really the the possibilities are only limited by our imagination, right? Because for someone maybe like me who at the end of the day have way less willpower than I started, right? It's like we all start the day and we're like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to work out and I'm going to eat healthy and I'm going to get all this stuff done. And the end of the day, it's like, I don't know, for me, I have like a speck (laughs) of willpower left. So I have to have that support. But if you have team that can help you, you could filter messages through the team and then they could mark the ones that need your attention and handle the rest. So you're not even seeing those and being pulled away and distracted. So it's just, it's unlimited the amount of ways you can think of to support your, your boundaries. I agree. I think that leads perfectly into the next question that I had for you, because I'm sure if we've been in business any amount of time, we've all come to a place where we realize we might've set our boundaries. We're like, it's like that discussion about willpower. We're gung-ho, we've got them. And then things start to slip. We respond outside of our office hours, or we just, everything starts to fall apart or somebody was able to schedule an appointment outside of when they normally could. And now they expect that all the time. Once you have crossed your own boundaries, or let's say you didn't start with any to begin with, how do you take back that power, set those boundaries and communicate that with the people that you're working with? So I I recently heard something from a coach um, that I was sharing with you earlier about becoming the boundary, right? We cross our boundaries or let our boundaries down when we don't really believe them and we haven't really owned up to them. We haven't built that confidence in ourselves. And so we have to become that thing and become that boundary because once you start embodying who you really want to be and how you really want to show up, then your clients will stop crossing that boundary with you right? And they'll stop. But it's when we have not owned up to that and we're not putting our foot down in a gentle way, you know, saying like, hey, this is this is a boundary for me and this is not what I'm going to entertain. And it's not always about a conversation. It's just about how you respond. But when you have, you know, gotten to a place where you feel like, hey, you know, I haven't held my boundaries or I didn't establish any in the beginning, it's all about conversation and communication then letting them know, hey, this is, we're making some shifts in my business. And these are, this is how I'm going to be available going forward, you know, or here are some things that are going to help me to serve you more efficiently. I'm going to be available during these hours, or this is the best way that you can communicate with me because it's going to allow me to have dedicated time to serve you. And so then the clients start to see you as a person that 
you're doing this because you want to serve them better, not just because, hey, I need to put my foot down so that you can respect me and honor me. It's more of, hey, I want to make sure that I am serving you at the greatest capacity that I can. And so in order for me to do that, here are the ways that we're going to operate going forward. Absolutely. It's those communicating those equal benefits instead of Mm -hmm. just sometimes we see things really clearly from our side and we aren't ignoring that the other person has a benefit of the situation, but communicating to them that this is actually good for you. It's beneficial. And you might even influence that person because isn't there a saying that the only people that get upset about boundaries are the people that don't have any? Yeah. Yeah. And then I think about sometimes us feeling selfish, right? Or feeling like, you know, if I am available 24-7 or if I respond to my clients all the time, then they're going to value me more. I've heard that. I felt that. I felt like I needed to be available all the time. Like I responded to in the beginning, I responded to clients at like two o'clock in the morning because that was she would just be up working. And so if I happen to be on my phone or wake up because I had a little baby at this time, I would respond. But then it created her, it created an expectation that I'm always available. And at a drop of a dime, you respond to me. So I think that when we start establishing that authority, because even with that relationship later down the road, I started to see ways and places where she did not truly value me as a person on her team. Was I an asset to her? Absolutely, because I was doing everything, all the things, right? But she didn't see value me or value my authority, you know, as a business owner. And so we have to establish that and it allows us to be seen as a person you know, that really is running our business and we're about our business. I'm not just a person that's here to serve you, but I have a business that I hold that I have to um, be responsible for, you know? And so it really helps you to elevate your authority when you stick to your own boundaries and it's not a hindrance to your clients, but you're serving them better that way. I got chills. That was really powerful. I am thinking about, and I'm curious what your thoughts is on this because as I worked with clients in this space, especially as an OBM, I started to refine my process of discovery and really making sure that the people that came through were really aligned for me, my values, my boundaries. And so one of the questions I ask on my discovery call form is what are your hobbies outside of work? And I'm sure you see this as well, but There are people who will write, I have no hobbies. I work on the weekends. I don't, I I haven't read in five years. Like the the answers to that are very telling. And I don't think of it as a red flag, but I do think of it as a conversation that needs to be had because what I found is sometimes those people expect their team member then to also have that same type of lifestyle. So do you think about clients or have a conversation as they're coming through now in a way that you didn't do earlier on? So because I kind of shifted into the consulting side, those people are my people, right? Because I'm kind of walking through, walking them through and helping them to understand the importance of having those boundaries and putting systems and teams in place. However, when it comes to 
the higher tier people, OBM service type people, or someone that I'm coming on to help from like the operations perspective, it's kind of like a deal breaker. I don't want to work with someone who is going to micromanage. And so that specific question, I'm like, I need to add that to my questionnaire because it really does. You're right. It really does tell you the perspective that they have towards their business. And just even for myself, thinking about someone asking me, what do you like to do for fun? And I couldn't answer the question. And it was because I didn't have anything but my business. And that was everything and all that I did. And that's it's not healthy. So that's I mean, it's a it's definitely a a great thing to look at when bringing them on because you want to work with someone who's going to have the same values as you or you want to make sure that you are speaking to them and showing them that that's the area that we need to work on together and that we're going to you know, it's an area of opportunity for us to work through because I want you to be able to have your time. I want you to be able to have, you know, something that you enjoy and helping them through. But you just have to decide if you really want to work with a person that is fully consumed at all times with their business. Right. Because some people are reaching out to OBMs or other, any other service provider because they want out of that cycle. And some people are really just at that time in their lives, very happy with you know, that amount of work and that type of lifestyle. So it's like figuring out which one those, the the person, which bucket they fall into. And then, like you said, deciding whether or not that's somebody you want to work with at that time. Because I imagine with little kids, any commitment you make to a client takes away from your family. So sometimes I think about it like that is this really filling up both person's cups. And if I am going to spend any time away from my family, is this something that I could feel really proud and, you know, really feel like I can make an impact for them? So I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, every time you give something, everything that you say yes to, you're saying no to something else, right? And every time you say no, you're saying yes to something else. And so if I'm saying yes, that I'm going to be available for my clients, I'm saying no at that time to being available for my family. And when it's time for me to say yes to my family, I have to be able to say no to my clients as well. And so having that, you know, not necessarily the balance again, but the priority at the time, not saying that I'm putting my family on a back burner or anything like that, but understanding that I have to have priorities at different times so that I can be efficient. Like I'm not efficient if, you know, my son wants me to help him through his problems, but I'm on my laptop, you know. I can't be present and then you get frustrated, you know, like I'm frustrated with my my kids if I'm frustrated with work and like I have to be able to separate the two. If I'm trying to focus here and he's like, mommy, 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 I need this or my daughter's like, I need this, then it, it can be frustrating because you're trying to figure out how to do both at the same time. And so I have to be able to say, okay, well, I'm going to have a stopping point. And then I'm going to move into this and then I'm going to, you know, spend some time with them or give them what they need. And then I'll have a point where I can get back into it. Now, I'm wondering if because, you know, there's going to be people listening, you know, that they know they've either started with no boundaries or let them totally fall by the wayside. They work with a client who I want to call somebody difficult, but they could be very vocal about what they want and need. You know, there's just sort of that that dynamic and they're nervous about having this conversation because realistically, if you really are asserting 
a set of boundaries and this person hasn't experienced that from you before, they could say, I choose not to participate in this and you know, we're going to part ways. And you might come to that conclusion before that, but there, there is a fear because we can't dismiss it. Some people, they don't want to lose a a client until they gain another one. Like it's not as easy as just saying, let that client go. Even though we've all had experiences where we've transitioned out of clients that weren't a good fit for us. And then the ones that were came right in like that that does happen. And having that faith that that will happen, I think is part of the equation, at least for me and my business, but for people that are really nervous and scared and know they need to have this conversation, where could they start? And then as a secondary question, would you ever advise somebody just to say, like, reflect on this partnership that you're in and there's not a conversation worth having. Like it's better to transition this client off because it's who they are, just that personality versus getting a new client. So I think I'll I'll start with the latter first, because like you said, is it worth it? You have to ask yourself, even if this person obeys this boundary, even if they start responding during my office hours, even if they start, they accept the new price boundary that I'm setting, right? They're, they honor my new prices. Even if they do this, 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 is this still a person that I want to work with? Is it draining? Is it taxing to me? Is it frustrating and overwhelming to work with them? Because I had to ask myself that question. And if the answer is no, that you don't have joy, that you feel stressed and overwhelmed with working with this person, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And if it isn't worth it, then it's probably better instead of saying, hey, you know, I think that, you know, these are the boundaries that I need to set. Even if they shift into those, if it's still going to stress you out, it's probably better to just go ahead, go ahead and have a conversation saying that you don't feel that you guys are a good fit anymore. Because I've tried to pull clients along, right? Clients that stressed me out and overwhelmed me and that were just kind of all over the place. And I tried to drag them along and it's like, okay, well, well, let me just tell her this. If she does this better and then it's like, I'm still frustrated. I'm still overwhelmed. I can't do this. And you get to a point where it's just not going to work. And so it's better to go ahead and sever it before it gets to a place where the, the relationship suffers. You know, because you can offboard in a way that allows you to still have good rapport with that client. But if it gets to a place where you're extremely frustrated and overwhelmed and overworked, then you're not going to respond the same way to even doing the work for that client. And then on the other, the earlier part of your question, being fearful, because sometimes it's fear, right? It's, It's fear, it's confidence, it's worry on figuring out if the client's going to stay and all of those things. And you really have to start, you have to value yourself. You have to figure out like, hey, you know, is it worth more for me to have the time that I need to do whatever it is or the peace to do whatever it is worth more than me suffering through this and not having this conversation? The conversation is going to last a certain amount of time. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes you have to practice the conversation. Sometimes you have to write it out, but you have to get clear on what you want and also clear on what it's going to allow you to have if you set this boundary in place. 
And once you really understand that I'm not doing this out of selfish reasons, this is what I need and what I want and how it's going to support them. And you get your words together, you get your confidence and you communicate. But if it's someone who values you and they want to continue the relationship and they respect you, then they will be willing and they will understand. And like you said, you may inspire them to even set some boundaries and they will respect you more for it. It's a mic drop moment. Absolutely. <laughs> that was really, it was great. And I, I wonder if you would share, because we've all, myself included, had moments where we are learning, right? And we've let things get too far with a client. And like you said, we've damaged relationships because if you're feeling unease, guarantee the person on the other side is feeling some level of that unease as well. And for all the reasons you think you could fix it, you think it'll get better, all the things you want to keep supporting them, but you let that relationship get damaged. And then you end up in this cycle of like, I feel really guilty about this. A lot of times we don't have a ton of people in this space to be able to talk to and just share these types of things and get them off of our chest. So do you, as we're finishing this conversation about boundaries, for anybody who's experienced sort of like the negative side of it, like they've let their all their boundaries slip and they're burnt out, or they've let things get too far with a client because they weren't able at that time to communicate and have a conversation and then the relationship didn't end well. What would you say about turning a page and and moving forward with the knowledge that you you've gained from these experiences? Yeah. I would say, you know, you take the time to reflect every situation, every failure, every, you know, ball drop is a learning experience. And so we look at those situations and we see, you know, hey, this is what I appreciated from that relationship, but this is what I learned. And after you have those things that you you have learned, you figure out what you can do differently. You know, the boundaries start in the beginning if you want them to, you know, truly be established in the onboarding process. Are you giving them a welcome packet that outlines your boundaries? Are you doing a kickoff call that outlines your boundaries when they overstep it the first time? Are you telling them, hey, this is how I communicate or these are the hours, like you said, having those autoresponders on so that it automatically sends them a message. I'm so glad that you reached out during this time. I'm going to get back to you, you know, to review and then I'll communicate within 24 hours having those things in place from the beginning, but we learn that from our experiences. So don't be down. Don't be, you know, upset because everything happens for a reason. You know, there are going to be great business relationships and there are going to be ones that we learn from. And so we take those nuggets, those gems that we learn and we figure out, okay, what can I do in my business that would set me up in the beginning so that we don't have these situations and we keep learning and we evolve. Absolutely. That's beautifully put. Now, I'm sure there are people listening to this who are saying, I am so curious about what it's like to work with you. How are you working with people now? And how do they reach out to connect with you to have a conversation? Sure. So I typically work with people in two tiers. This conversation definitely falls into the first tier where it's the consulting. It's me taking you by the hand and us walking together on this journey of becoming, you know, that CEO of putting the systems and processes in place, but not just about, you know, from a tools side of it, 
helping you to understand, hey, these are the boundaries that I need, putting yourself first, figuring out and learning how to delegate, figuring out how to bring on your first team member efficiently, all of those things you get. I I say, I like to tell my clients, you now have a business bestie, right? You can reach out and I'm going to walk alongside of you through the process, just like you and I have been communicating here and supporting them. And then on the higher tiers where I come in, from operations and do the actual systems, processes, teams, so that a business can work more efficiently. So those are related to operations management or online business management and things like that. To contact me, you can simply find me on any social media platform, Shamandrian, or um, my website is handleitsols.com. And you can book a call and I would love to learn, you know, about your journey and where you are and be that business bestie to walk alongside of you in the journey. And we'll have all of those links for people in the show notes, in the description. So we make it easy. They can just go there and click click right to it. But I want to just spend a few minutes saying thank you so much because not only for people that are listening, because I am so grateful that you were able to share so much wisdom and we can have this conversation because I almost feel like it's sometimes like a dirty little secret. Like we all have clients that might be outside of our boundaries or we might've never started with any. And it's not something that I think a lot of people feel comfortable sharing, but just on a personal note and selfishly, like the reason why I started this podcast is to have conversations like this. And so I really I'm so grateful this time I got to spend with you today just lit me up as a person. And so I can't even imagine, you know, what the the listeners will think, but it means so much to me that you spent this time with us today. And I just want to say a huge thank you. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it so much, especially coming from someone that, you know, is like-minded and in some, you know, similar industry, similar story. So it's, it's been a blessing to me as well. <laughs> Well, there's so much more we could talk about. And so if you guys would like a part two, if you'd like to hear more, please let us know in the comments and we'll see you all soon. Just wanted to pop back on and tell you, thank you so much for listening to this episode today. I wanted to remind you that if you're looking for help building your team in the next year, we have lots of free resources. One of them is our dream team starter kit, which is a workbook full of resources, including a vision and values section. So you can really articulate what is important to you in your business. It has a section for a time study, which is so incredibly valuable. If you haven't ever done one, I urge you to give it a try. And then a place to capture all of the tasks that you have that are repeating in your business, a a written section, a place for a video. You can keep track of these things or your team member can when they come on. So if that sounds like something you need, you can snag it at www.julietraining.com backslash dream team. See you on the next show.